computer. Um, all right, we're recording. There we go. <laughs> What's up, man? Not much. Hammering out freaking hours and hours and hours of J3U. Oh, uh, yeah. How is that? I like it so far. Uh, oh. The first couple modules, I took, I felt like I had a good grasp of almost all of it. But, like, some of the questions that he asked for, like, fatigue management, like getting information out of his clients, I really like. So I went and I actually altered some of my checking questions to try to get some of that stuff out of clients because, you know, how, dude, sometimes it's impossible. It's like pulling teeth to try to get valuable information out of clients sometimes. Yeah. But I'm liking it so far. Yeah. So that's John Jewett University, whoever doesn't know about that. Um, is it like interactive too, or is it like just so, uh, teaching? Normally, no, it's just the modules. However, I am signed up for the, there is a live portion to it that you can opt to sign in for or pay for. And I haven't been in one yet because I just recently, like I got in like four or five days ago and they haven't had one yet, but I'll be at least taking part in how many ever it is. It might be two a month, might be four a month. I'm not really sure at this point. But hmm. yeah, that should be like a live, it seems like it's a live Zoom scenario with him directly and we get to ask questions and do all that. Oh, that's cool. And that's like everybody on there or like- Everyone that's paid for that. Oh. Everyone that's paid for, is currently, so if you're active and you paid for that, uh, like bonus or add-on piece, mm -hmm. then yes, anyone you anyone that has done that is available to come in. Wow, that's I but don't know anybody think, that actually does that. That's pretty cool. I think that to maintain access to that, though, I think you have to uh, maintain the recurring payment for that. Like you buy the J three issuers yeah. forever. Like I can log in whenever, yeah. but with that, I think it has to. You have to be current. Uh, yeah that makes sense i mean it's kind of like having a coach with you um you know a coaching coach <laughs> yeah right that's where the money's at nowadays i think I, yeah. i've talked to you i think but like eventually i want to get to a point where my reputation's to a point where like you know, i'm i enjoy talking about business and that stuff just just as much as i like talking about coaching not don't shut up about coaching, whether it's training, yeah. nutrition, like it's all I talk about. But a lot of people that are good coaches, most of their money seems to be coming from helping other coaches grow and scale. Like there's way more business, way more money in business to business than business to consumer. Yeah. There's a direct dollar sign attached to like, if I help this person increase their prices and double their clients, there's a monetary number attached to that. Like yeah. in six months, I help someone lose X amount of weight or do whatever they want to do. There's not a direct link. Like there's no direct monetary number. So yeah. it just gets less money, I guess. Yeah. And I would assume people think that it's easy to gain a reputation on social media. But I mean, it's so saturated now. And there's so many liars out there deceiving people. It's hard to say who is being honest whose work is whose because a lot of people still work um from other coaches 
and or just you know other pages in general and then um yeah the uh the youtube also doesn't really pay as much so um because i heard algorithms are set up where like if you talk about specific things they don't pay you uh, an amount for like a thousand views like it's very low whereas like like children's videos like they get paid very very low because children just you know keep it on repeat and it's like a million something views in like however many days right so it's like, yeah. you can't obviously pay them that much because it's just children not really it, it doesn't give back to the community pretty much so if you have some sort of educational content i think you get paid more uh, versus entertainment because you're supplying something to give back to the community but i think the route that john jewett's gone um, i think joe bennett gone and lane norton and i'm pretty sure other people as far as like having apps or modules or universities i think that that's kind of cool idea to, to make money that way but, and it provides value like yeah when you look at uh the hyper coach app for like training stuff you can pay a whole year for one month of coaching with somebody one on one. Yeah, and, and like he just had like a Black Friday sale too, so it was like half the price I think for like an entire like year or maybe lifetime. I don't know because some people do lifetimes. I know like I have um, uh, Eric Helms' book, The Pyramid of Strength and Pyramid of Nutrition, and when you buy it for a lifetime, like you get the updated version, so they're always updating it. So like it's really good. I think it's him and maybe Omar Uthoff. I don't remember who, or no, it's Eric Helms and um, what's that that natty guy who gets freaking shredded, uh, Alberto Nunez, I think. Okay, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure exactly who that is. No, but I almost pulled the trigger on the year of the app just because yeah. of the sale, but I just dropped a bunch of money on John Dewitzing, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. which is fine. I'm I'm perfectly fine investing in gaining more knowledge, but what I was thinking is like. I might just go and pay the subscription fee for some of the actual research portals, like getting access to those. Yeah. I think them like examine if I do the paid site on examine.com or those type of things. Yeah. Examine's awesome. Um, I think that's really a nice place. Yeah. This is the um, Alberto Nunez. It's the team 3D MJ. But that's that dude, man. Look at he's natty, like straight up natty, because he's like obviously small and and in like real life, but like freaking shredded. It's insane. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, him and Eric Holmes, they they do a lot of good coaching. But um, he's I think he's, you know, he might be. I guess uh, what was that guy's name here in Tampa? Bearcat, Chris Bearcat. Yeah. You know, he's he's does really well he's a natural athlete and so he does really well but i i think alberto and eric are like uh, i would say like a step above um him just barely but uh yeah dude he gets gnarly isn't involved in a lot of the he like he's involved in some of the active research going on right now too i think yeah so they're they i think they all talk with each other um because i think um chris corresponds with uh bill campbell too and i, I would assume yeah. late norton but um yeah so I, I think that's cool yeah i'm not the biggest fan of social media per se um because we all know what just happened with the liver king so <laughs> uh, yeah my opinions about that um 
Yeah, my opinion is about that man. It's it's um, you know, he's a genius marketer. He knows how to make money. Um, he created a, a cult following, but I think that the reputation now that he has of just not being honest. Because if he would have just said like, you know, yeah, I'm not natural, I think that's totally fine. He still has good principles behind like what he does. But I don't like the fact that he's he's now being caught in his life, and he verbatimly said that he does not use steroids and um or peds and it's pretty apparent now i mean if it wasn't visually i mean if you believe that he wasn't then you're kind of dumb but um i, I feel bad for his his kids you know like like i because someone made a remark um because i posted on on lane orton's uh ig post about you know whatever he was saying and i was like you know i feel bad for the kids and someone said like oh the kids know what's going on they're not that young i'm like bro like they're they don't know like there's been multiple ipv pros or like up and coming pros or npc guys their wives don't even know that they take certain things you know it's like they think sometimes they think they're natural but like they never knew that they actually injected themselves they think that they just take orals like there's stuff behind the scenes or in the house that their kids don't know. Their kids don't know that he's injecting himself. But the fact that if he would have told them, I think they would have been okay. It's a teaching moment, right? But the fact that he does it and then lied and then pretty much now his children will see, oh, like you've been in using steroids, which you claimed you haven't. So in order for me to keep up with your pillars of ancestral tenets, like now I have to use steroids? Like, is that what I have to do? Or can I do it naturally? So it's kind of like, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of that. So I know like my opinions on um on what's his face Mike Mike O'Hearn. I mean, obviously he's got to be doing something anti-aging because that guy looks great. But you know he's been so consistent. It's it's so hard to say like who's natural, who's not. But obviously there's some sort of enhancement somewhere. Like you you don't just defy aging um without something and and i'm a believer that I, I don't know if you you're you're the same thing but i think you know when we're talking about enhancements or enhanced athletes you know if you get like a hyaluronic acid lip filler or stuff like that you're enhancing your body you're enhancing it to look a certain way so whether you say it's cosmetic or not you're still doing an enhanced procedure to make you look a certain way to appear a certain way to sell a product or, or whatnot so i mean I, I just don't like it whenever people say that they they don't use something whenever they they obviously do so. yeah that frustrates me too but did you see how much growth hormone he said he was doing in the email yeah twelve thousand dollars worth of it was like was it 12 16 i use or 12 i use a day or something it was uh or more than they had in some weird conversion that i don't know it wasn't i use it was like milligrams or whatever but it was yeah. like four or 5.5 milligram vials a week so i think he did the uh more plates more dates did the math i think it was like 16 or something yeah yeah somewhere around there um first of all dude i get somatroptin is what i get through prescription um and that's like legit stuff. Like I take two IUs and I get carpet tunnel. <laughs> but um, like he was taking omnitropin. He must be getting bunk stuff. Like there's no way you're spending 12 grand on all that. Like I'm trying to think in my head. I'm like, even if I like overcharge someone, like those kits don't cost that much. Like 
because he can get it through a prescription. I don't like, think it was. I, I don't think it was twelve grand. That's what it said. Total twelve grand. Let me see. I'd have to go back um, and look. I just watched yeah. a clip of the Derek's more plates, more dates breakdown of it. Yeah. But man, I don't know, man. I um, I know Derek's a smart dude and everything, but I freaking am starting to love. You can love or hate this guy, Nick Trigilli. I think. <laughs> Um, he is quite hilarious to me, but, um, I, I just don't, uh, I think that he's, his latest thing about it was talking about like how bigger Steve might be his coach because of the 12 hour time difference between the emails or the days, like the days and times that were mentioned in the emails and, um, makes sense. But I also think that if bigger Steve was behind it, uh, then, Derek for more plays, more dates might be behind it as well. I mean, they're great marketing scheme people, right? I mean, they don't seem like schemers, but um, is it this one? Let's see. But um, yeah, I think it's everything. Um, but if if I'm thinking about someone who schemes something, I'm thinking like that Tony Huge guy, and he lives in Thailand too. And he does like a lot of crazy stuff like that. And he he does like test on himself or whatever. And that Leo guy is now with him. So I don't know. It, it's very interesting. It's a very it, it's a very hot topic right now. That and Aaron Singerman being left from prison. But um, uh, I think he was. Yeah, today <laughs> he, he ratted on some drug uh, lord lord. So um. So I don't I don't know, <laughs> um, I don't know what drug persona he attacked, um, and you know I I don't know I don't know if it's the cartel because he he was a meth addict and cocaine addict right meth, he's for sure meth I think yeah he's a rehabber um, and so I'm pretty sure he was intoxicated when he was like crashes boats into the other people's property and then the DUI on. I think, he, I think they said DUI, but I think he's driving while intoxicated, which I think he was like high on something. So, you know, it wouldn't be, you know, back in that day with Blackstone Labs, you know, you're putting DMAA in your supplements and uh, paracetams and racetams and all these other things that are drugs, technically. Um, you know, it's not uncommon for him to maybe know someone that is a supplier, but I mean, the only people that would do like cocaine and stuff would be like cartel maybe china maybe but russian uh, but apparently but we'll, bring it, we'll bring it back around real quick yeah did you when you seen the correspondence like the how they were communicating via email i don't feel like this person has coached a lot of people like oh uh, yeah so that's why i'm thinking like tony huge that's why i was thinking i mean tony huge because he's it's a great marketing thing because the dude said, Hey, I want to make this, I, I want to get this amount of followers in this amount of time. And he succeeded that. And Tony Huge, I mean, he's, he's able to do that. He does the most outlandish thing. And the reason why he doesn't have such a great following now is because YouTube took down his original channel and YouTube now like hides his content. So, and, and then people now, think he screwed over Rami. Right. And then, and then um, that Leo guy, same thing, man. He's kind of nuts though, right? But he like shot out of nowhere. So 
and 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 he's like telling people that you know pharmaceutical drugs are okay <laughs> like like go take um what was he talking about he's like uh go take like ssris and stuff to make you feel better like while you're on cycle and stuff like <laughs> Uh, the guys. Yeah, it's crazy. hard for me to agree with some of that stuff. But. Yeah, no, but it's crazy though, right? Because um, I was coming off uh, Buspirin, and I, I was like, hey, like I wonder if this guy knows his stuff, and um, and so I actually had like some DMs with Leo, and he told me to go on sodium valparate and like go. And he's like, doctors don't know anything, blah 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 blah. I'm just like thinking, nah, bro, like that's what I want to avoid, and he's just as yeah, so that lost credibility, but he like he actually responded to me in DMs, and um, you know, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know, but it, apparently his background is uh, finance, so that's why I was thinking maybe like those two since they partnered up, and now like I'm assuming it might have been happening a while ago because Liver King guy's been it's been going on for a while, but his ancestral nutrition company was started. I think 2019 is what I saw in, in the Texas uh, filing because uh, I was looking it up last night and I was like, huh, like I wonder who's like also like on the board as well, right? So like he has a couple of trademarks and um, and ancestral supplement line and there was a part in there where they removed uh, someone from the board and then they added him and his I think his wife is Barbara. So the Brian Johnson and Barbara Johnson are the two CEOs, like like marketing officer and, or maybe it's the COO and CFO or CEO. I don't know what they are, but someone was removed and I can't get that information. So I'm like, I'm wondering who is that person that's removed, right? And when did it happen? And um, I was like trying to, I was asking someone else and they were like, uh, like you can go into like database, but like sometimes like stuff like that is like it's confidential. Like you won't be able to get it. But you can see who's on the board from, um, from their filings. So next, I'll look into their filings and see, because um, you can see investors. And you know, if someone from like Tony Hughes used to live in California, if someone from California is over there, I mean, it's probably him. Same thing with Leo. Um, if it's Derek's place, his uh, manufacturing is—I don't remember. I don't remember his that. But since he lives in. Canada, he his manufacturing's in somewhere in the U.S. Yeah, it's uh, I can't remember, but the podcast he had with Alex Ramosi, the one I talked about, uh, he mentioned he his thing or where his headquarters was. Uh, yeah, uh, and I had I forget exactly where it was, but yeah, it's definitely in the United States. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think Alex is from Maryland, like. The Baltimore, Maryland area. I think he manufactures in that area. They had some kind of overlap. I'll, that's all I remember. Yeah. Uh yeah, but it says the uh, twelve K on HGH. For the, so uh... much. Dude, I haven't spent twelve. <laughs> I haven't spent twelve grand <laughs> in eight years of cycles. Yeah, I don't know. Well, like I'm just trying to think, man, because I'm like doing two. I use. Doing two IUs a day for a month um, was it was a five hundred dollars, right? So I'm like, that was a, a sumatroxin. So 
in my opinion, better. It's it's more elite than Omnitrophin. Omnitrophin, I think I could have gotten for like two seventy five with my insurance. So, um, yeah, I yeah, I have no idea. So he was doing like sixteen IU's, man. Yeah. Real quick, uh, little side tangent. If you were paying out of pocket for like a calcium score CT scan, I've heard people getting them from like super super cheap, like. 50 to $200. And my client, uh, one that has had a little bit elevated cholesterol for a while now, just went and got labs again. So we're waiting for those results. But I wanted them to go in and get a calcium score done too, because they're a little bit older. They've had a period of time now where their cholesterol was out of range for where I wanted it. So I wanted to see. And the doctor tried to tell them that uh, something was going to cost like $1,000. I'm like, I don't think it costs anywhere near that. So I sent, um, cause she was going to wait a while and try to get it covered. I'm like, I think it's pretty uh, affordable to just go out of pocket and they could absolutely afford it. And then yeah. I quick, quick, quick Google range. It said a hundred to $400. And yeah. then once it's now scheduled, but her estimate was three to $400 out of pocket. So it's on the right. high end of that, the calcium score CT scan thing. Yeah. Yeah. So what type of, what brand of, so. She just went through her medical doctor and pay, that's what they quoted for a cash price. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cheap just to like walk in and ask for it over like a radiology place or whatever. Um, they, they should be able to like do it. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. In America, man, it's pretty cheap. <laughs> like See, something That's like. what I thought, but it was easier for them to just talk to their doctor and get it, everything scheduled through them instead of trying to do the scheduling through different sites. Like they just, yeah, a hundred dollar difference. They pretty much would be like, I would rather it be convenient type thing, but now it's scheduled. So I'm curious. Yeah. Um, yeah. Calcium, calcium scores are kind of crazy. Like me and this guy, we're just talking at the gym today and, um, it's crazy how, uh, his, I forgot how we got on the subject, but we got onto like blood viscosity and uh and he got into like because uh, he's a he's a he's a plant-based vegan. He cheats with meat twice a year. He's sh shredded to the bone, man. I mean, freaking shredded, bubbly muscle, and um, but his kid and his wife are not uh are not vegan, but um diet's kind of insane from what he tells me and uh but yeah he always asks me questions when i'm in the gym and he's an older guy but we we're talking about like blood viscosity and a vitamin k k2 versus k1 vitamin d um but uh he was yeah, he's like very fascinated about getting calcium scores done because he's wondering about all of the cholesterol now coming from the plant-based products that he's eating because of the uh like the molded meats beyond meats now and like all these vegetable oil things coming out and uh it's funny but uh, yeah i just i told him man i was like dude just go grab one uh, a can it's like a hundred something bucks plus he's a veteran too so i'm like you can just get it for free probably yeah but yeah yeah i was just curious if you had a reference range because i'm like three to four i'm like that estimate was on the high side of what like the quick google showed but 
I bet we yeah. can get it for a lot less here in Florida. Yeah, I mean, I've seen like 120 bucks. So, um, you know, I don't. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think like probably like 120 bucks, but like that was a while ago that I got mine done or that I ever had anyone go and grab it, grab one done. Um, Cause I have a few people in like California and that costs like 400 over there. Um, of course it does. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get a lot of my stuff done for free, so I have no idea. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm thinking about going to get one soon anyway. Even though my last labs didn't really suggest anything would, I don't know. I just want to get it done. So if um, so if you kind of like ask one of your clients to get one out, like what happens if it comes back at like above a zero? Like what do you, what changes do you make for the calcium score to come back? Oh. Well, there's some interventions that they could do if it was extremely high yeah. but i would but I just would, barely high. I would, yeah so i would probably be a little more strict on like the saturated fat to try to make sure uh, cholesterol stays in a decent range and obviously hopefully have enough hdl cholesterol probably just switch to my uh, higher percent of their fats coming from like omega-3 rich things that um i forget there was one study but it was uh, I think it was two grams of prescription EPA helping reduce the calcification in arteries. Uh, I'd have to look back into that, but I'm pretty sure that uh, I came across it on whatever, PubMed or Google Scholar. But high doses of EPA seem to have some positive benefits in that area. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking like, I think it was like eight to 10 grams. Okay, I, I remember it like was... something is third. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, how much would that cost? <laughs> Eight to ten grams. Like you'd have to get like some type of like pharmaceutical compounding facility. <laughs> yeah. So I I believe the study was done on like the prescription form of EPA. And I think mm -hmm. it was the EPA alone. Yeah. But I'm I I know this client because they've been moderately successful. They do just go off and enjoy themselves sometimes and like overindulge. And if it comes back more than a zero, I think that might help adherence. Just like, okay, like I can't continue to just get away with this stuff repeatedly type thing. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... It's weird. Uh, the like the recent research about cholesterol and HDL and stuff like how it's not that important nowadays. Like, I, I, I don't get where they're. Um, I think that's how that's how we got on the subject. Me, that that guy in the gym. Yeah, because I was like, I don't. There's so many variables now where they're almost discrediting cholesterol, HDL, and LDL, and they are now looking more at like triglycerides to HDL ratio. Um, or they're just looking at triglycerides and your um, A1C or your hemoglobin A1C. And like, they're trying to say like, hey, it's not really like your cholesterol that's the problem. It's your diabetes. That's the problem. It's your cardiovascular disease. Um, because there is some like link. So like, if you, 
so HDL, a like high amount, has apolipoprotein C3. So like if you have too much of it, it can cause cardiovascular disease. But like if you like if you have like let's say good HDL like in reference range, but you have type two diabetes for in pre, for a pretty long period of time, you're you now have cardiovascular disease technically, right? You have a metabolic cardiovascular disease, type two diabetes, and then now you have like uh, HDL that's kind of high for that disease. And so there's actually some drugs that will lower HDL uh, to to prevent that while you try to get rid of type two diabetes, and then you can bring your HDL back up when you're type 2 diabetes is, is away, gone, right? Um, it, it's really weird. Um, but uh, yeah, because they're trying to mitigate um, like heart attacks and strokes and such. But uh, I'd have to look back into that. I was, obviously I was aware of things that lower LDL. And I know a lot of yeah. negative associations with LDL, but I thought HDL was good. If you, the more HDL you can get, the better. Because I thought it had like a, almost like a cleaning um effect on is how they termed it but yeah yeah so like when when in comparison like with the ldl and uh hdl right and total cholesterol and triglycerides but in a healthy individual but now the majority of americans aren't healthy so now they're kind of taking a step back and looking at uh cardiovascular disease with type 2 diabetes uh and so now it's a little different which is kind of crazy right so we're it's almost like it's almost like hey man we have to it's like it's like we we have to like how do i say this like it's not like it's like we have to treat the average person and diagnose them as if they had type 2 diabetes so like all their studies that they do is typically like i would say fairly healthy individuals but the majority of people going in for these medications or whatnot, I mean, they're going to be people who are less than fair. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's just like a lot of things that could like stem from it. But like, like it's just kind of crazy though because of um, again, like sometimes our diets or these these um, processed foods that we eat, these seed oils, these things like that. Again, we don't know too much about them. We don't know what happens in the gut. We don't know what the gut does to our absorption of k2 k1 d boron calcium like where is it where does it all go right like if it's not being directed to your bones is it staying in your gut is it then messing up your gut that gut microbiome gut dysbiosis or is it going and and hardening your arteries so then when you get the plaque build up then you have a problem with heart attack stroke but if you're cardiovascularly fit you don't have type 2 diabetes and your and you have plaque buildup, but your but your arteries are able to expand because they're not stiffened or hardened because of that calcium buildup, right? Sometimes I can harden that, then it might not be a problem. But then they can go too large to where now you can have like an aneurysm. <laughs> but but it would make a bypass easier on someone. You your the survival rate would be higher. So it gets really like murky, but then now, like if you have healthy arteries and they have elasticity to them, um, is higher HDL able to, to kind of like chip away at some of that plaque at high, high, high doses, like what we're saying, you know, like eight grams or something. 
does it does it just try to reduce the hardening of your arteries or does it actually trying to get rid of some of the plaque like i i don't know of too many people that do like eight to ten grams of epa alone like that i don't think i know anyone no yeah i don't know um and i don't know if my stomach can handle it <laughs> like that's just a law of uh and I don't know how, like, how does that have to be spread throughout the day? Like, does that have to be done in, like, two bolus doses or, you know, I don't know. So it, it's very interesting. Like, I definitely, we're, we need a lot more studies. But the problem is that we keep having to change our studies to be on, like, the more unfit American, which is hard because they're type 2 diabetes or cardiovascular disease, metabolic disease. It's all so increasing at a rate that I don't think we can keep up in like the medical field or the supplement research uh, industry. So, and I don't think universities are actually uh, going to help that either. You know what I mean? Like they have an agenda that they need to stick by. So. Yeah. But there's so many variables that go into it, but yeah. Uh, remember how I, we talked about not on the podcast, but I would wake up and my blood pressure would be, good almost borderline low mm -hmm. and then i would test it a little bit later in the day like that late afternoon time i did mine a little bit earlier just before hopping on here so i did it twice so the first one was still slightly elevated oh yeah 141 but that's then when you, literally I, that's when you woke I, up no this is um mid-afternoon when i normally would oh, get yeah. it would start getting high on me but then <clears throat> i sat there for like three to five more minutes and retested and it significantly changed. Oh yeah, 125 over 67. And over 67. I'm like, Where's how it does it change that much? I literally like, sat there and breathed, just like tried to stay still for like three to five minutes. Do you do nasal breathing when you do that? Like kind of, and then exhale with, uh, like breathe in through your mouth and then exhale through your nose? Or do you breathe in through your mouth? Breathe in through your nose. I breathe in through, through my nose. Breathe and in exhale through, through your nose, mouth? Exhale. At like a three to four count, like a cadence. Okay. Just between when I did them, because I want, I'm like, I sat down and I put the cuff on relatively quickly. And I just, I start, I only sat there for probably 60 to 90 seconds before I did the test. I'm like, let me sit here a little bit longer uh, and just kind of chill before doing another one. And yeah. it was significantly different. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, and you, you know they don't do that and because yeah we talked about this like when the hospitals how they have it set up in clinics it's like you're in a waiting room freaking pissed off because you're waiting for however long and then you go back to the room and they're like hey we got another waiting room for you <laughs> and then you think you're going to see the doctor and then the nurse comes in like hey i'm scared to take your blood pressure but like, now i'm freaking pissed off now you take your blood pressure and your blood pressure is up and like whoa you got high blood pressure there eh? and then you know, then they leave and then the doctor comes in and like, hey, I see you have high blood pressure. <laughs> like, we can prescribe you or something like that. I'm like, uh, is it that or is it because I've been waiting for like 30 minutes because you're inefficient uh, with your with your clinic? You you waited in a waiting room to get moved to a smaller waiting room. <laughs> Dude, they do it all the time, man. I'm like, yeah, like, <laughs> we, like when we went to like my wife's appointment, like we waited to get checked in and then. And they're like, oh, like it was like our bad or whatever. And then they moved us to like the upstairs for the department. And then we waited. And then we go into the room. And then obviously the nurse comes in and we wait. And then they come in. So it's like, yeah. And the same thing like with, you know, if, if, uh, or like the mother, baby, like delivery, like 
whatever they were called, the women's group who we went to. But it's like the same thing with them. Like you're pregnant and then you go and you wait and then you go and you you get weighed and then you sit down and you take your blood pressure pretty instantaneously. Like you force your blood pressure to be up. Like you didn't but like let the person sit there for a while and like just kind of like breathe. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time I double tested it, but I'm like, that is significantly different. Yeah. And I made sure I got the extra large cuff so it's not like like it needs to fit correctly. Yeah, yeah, because we were talking about that. It's like, so if people have trouble, I mean, you can always put it over your wrist, which again, you have to continually do that. So there'll be a variance. Same way, the temperature taken through the ear, mouth, or armpit, or anus, it's always going to be a variance of degrees. Um, or leg is another option, but yeah, anywhere we can get like a strong pulse, pretty much, you can have like some sort of blood pressure cuff. They even have them now on like your like thumb apparatus. No, so. oh, that's interesting yeah i wonder how like it wraps around your thumb yeah because you can like because you can take your your pulse you know and then it just wraps around your thumb you can usually feel your, your blood pressure through your thumb but it's like it you can it, it has like this little i don't know like what it's called like a piece of metal but the apparatus wraps around your thumb and then it wraps around your wrist so you can like move around with it and then like every now and then you'll feel it like pump up and then pump down the same way that you would like over at the hospital. Yeah. Nice. I just had one of my uh, kind of newer clients go get a. Uh, so we, I like to get all the fundamental stuff in place, like sleep, all that stuff, before I start doing like extra monitoring stuff. Yeah. But I just had him. Uh, he just got his blood glucose monitoring yesterday, so we're starting all that. First reading this morning was one sixteen. Wow, like, morning. We have some room to work. Yeah, I'm like we have some room to improve here. What do you, what did that client eat the night before? Uh, he's been sticking to the plan pretty well, so he That's should interesting. have uh, most recent they, nutrition. Yeah, it'd be like what they ate the night before. Honestly, ate the night before. Don't be telling me lies. And then no, how, how he good used, was there? He like, was struggling. He, he was struggling, which is the first thing I said. I'm like, sleep could affect this, so we're not going to change anything until we get like a, like probably a week worth of tests because I have him tracking morning weight and now I have him tracking morning blood glucose. Uh, he gets eight ounces of salmon or uh, lean grass-fed beef. He normally does filet if he does the steak and then vegetables. And Only the at like rice, and then pineapple. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that's mine. But... No, he has about 155 grams of carbs on his current base plan right now. So not high at all, but uh, I know it's there because I know he used to snack and have a lot more issues snacking. I know he stopped snacking because now his weight's down the last two weeks, like consistent, consistent, like it's made big moves. And I've been working on him, like getting the snacking limited. It's made a big difference. I can tell he's snacking less for sure. What's his uh? What's the reason for his snacking? Uh probably a whole bunch of things. So, uh, oh stress yeah, not, not runs like personally. Up, yeah, runs up, yeah, just stress, and he he for most of his life didn't take care of himself at all. Yeah. Got a successful business, got a bunch of six stress, and then got off certain things and was 
now trying to live a healthier lifestyle, but he would still like just lose it, lose control generally more in the evening. What did he snack on? Well, some stuff that's not too bad. Like he had a protein bars. He loves protein bars. <laughs> and I, I was the same way. I had, no, I had an addiction I to protein bars. I know. <laughs> Uh, and you hate him, but I had a straight addiction. And then he has like a like a bunch relatively low calorie snacks. He has like no sugar added applesauce packet things that are like relatively low calorie. Uh, he had some. Oh shit! I my phone is finally starting to update, so I'm not going to be able to check. But yeah, he had uh, some protein bars, some good ones, like ones that I would recommend either way. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, a bunch of little random snacky things that added up. Yeah, so just random. Is it just him or does he have kids too? That's in his house. Uh, I don't believe any kids in the house anymore. Like, yeah, I always find that like, I find it interesting the whole snacking thing. Like, I do it a lot. Um, I use the uh, snack bag kettle popcorn. Yeah. The little green, green box. Pretty good. Like 25 grams of carb. Um, but uh, something like keep you occupied. I'm pretty sure a lot of coaches do popcorn, like low fat popcorn as like a snacking option because it takes a while to like eat that and pistachios that are shelled because you got to like, I feel like that would add up quick. Cause they're, I feel well, like you gotta like work at it. You know what I mean? Like I'm sitting there like working at it or like, you know, if, if you're not allergic to soy, like edamame in the pod, like anything that you have to work at a little bit, I think yeah. it's really good. Um, but yeah, the the pat the pistachios, yeah. But like whenever you fill out like however much, um, and they're shelled, you know, you weigh them out, and then you end up eating them. They don't know that you're doing this to them. You know, you're like, oh yeah, you can have like X amount of weight of pistachios, but like you're weighing the shells too. And they're like, oh, that's a lot. And then you know what I mean? It's kind of like a mind trick game. But um, yeah, I, I find it fascinating the whole snacking thing, man. Because people are like, oh, like I have like two meals and then a few snacks here and there, and I'm like. Bro, the snacks they add up, man. They add they're like, you know, 200, 300 calorie snacks. If you have like four of those a day, you probably have more than that. If you say two or three, you probably have five, let's be honest. Um, I mean, it just slowly adds up. I mean, even like the small fun size candy bars, like what you'll sit there and eat like four, four or five of them. That's a whole bar. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Like but like it still doesn't satisfy you because you're still going to end up like snacking later on anyway so like i understand if like a a food like a snack like satisfies you but i mean i would assume stress being busy um and um bored boredom is like the, the the one reason why i would snack you know it's uh, huge. And so I have a read, new client read Atomic Habits. And in Atomic Habits, it talks about your environment. I'm like, if you don't have kids or something in the, around why you could justify having those snacks, like if you are serious about your goals, don't have the shit there. Like yeah. it, it's only going to make it worse. And once you stop buying snacks, like he, I got a text, I'm like, First time I walked out of the grocery store without like a bag of chips or like stuff like that. I'm like, yeah. good. Yeah, it's, it's funny though. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like, I think me and my wife are having this conversation. Like, I don't even, 
crave those foods and we have it in our house um because of my kids right so like they love like spicy chips which is nacho doritos that's spicy and um like i'll buy them and i'll buy whatever other stuff that they want but like if i'm if i'm snacking man it's like it's like uh again like the popcorn it's like um beef jerky um which it's so expensive man i that's that's the only reason i don't eat it more especially in the I, off season i'm snacking it for sure but, but, like, but i just I, can't justify it i love the sodium um because i don't retain that much sodium so like that's awesome yeah i need i need to start my own company um but uh the like cheese stick like low fat cheese stick um but um he does that too yeah so that's one of what that's one of the snacks he uses but i mean we're but like i don't crave the things like i don't crave other snacks i don't crave chocolates i don't crave cupcakes i don't like so whenever i go down the aisles of like Publix or whatever, I don't like crave any of them. Ice cream, don't crave any of them. I don't know why, because I, I used to, but now I just don't. Like I crave, I crave, I crave steak, like chicken. So like in the middle of the night, if I'm hungry, I'll like wake up and I, you know, I prep all my food. So I'm like, I'll just eat like a thing of like a chicken breast that I grilled. I'm like <laughs> at night, like 2 a.m. or whatever. But uh, like those are stuff that I eat it and then I, I feel satisfied. We were so, so I was exactly like you, like legitimate, like binge eating disorder. Like I was obese, one eating contest. Uh, and I was the same way, but this is what I always work on. People. Like you change your identity, like your identity no longer involves those types of foods. Like I have no interest. Like Amanda was giving me crap about not eating pie on Thanksgiving. I'm like, <laughs> I have zero interest in pie. Pie does not yeah. make my life better. Like, and it confuses everyone but i'm like it's just I'm, it just doesn't interest me anymore like yeah what i but, eat is stuff i enjoy and we you know we could eat that and have no problem right i mean you know that's the reason why i'm a sucky if i if, if i wanted to be a bodybuilder i would be a sucky bodybuilder is because i wouldn't be able to, to eat enough food like i would need very calorie dense food where like i would hate eating like like i would have to force feed and um I uh, I don't like the way that I feel afterwards. So, like I even tried, so, so like I will try to eat certain things. Like I tried to eat pizza one time, and I'm just like, I don't feel good. Like like I really don't like the marinara sauce. Uh, I don't I don't like all that. The smells are really good. I don't mind smells. If I I can be around smells, I can look at it. I think like creations that people make are cool. Um, and I'm very interested in like the food chemistry of like how they make things. I think that's cool. But like, but eating it, I'm like, I'll, I can have a taste cool. But if I have like another spoonful, it's almost like my palate is already destroyed. It's like I'm eating, I don't know, like, it's not like, it's not like cardboard, but like my body is just like, I don't want this. And then I know how I'm going to feel later on with like my gut, how I feel, how lethargic I feel. Um, and you know, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't gain the fat. I wouldn't gain water retention. I, I wouldn't have any of those effects, but mentally I have those effects because something's wrong with my gut. And I think people become so accustomed to like this gut dysbiosis because of all these junk food or processed food that they eat alongside with their stress. I don't think they know what it's supposed to feel like to like, like eat healthier food and feel good, have good energy. Um, 
I mean, it, yeah, yeah, you know, it's not going to cure everything, right? You're still going to get sick. You're still going to get tired. You're still going to have the bad, bad days or whatever, but you're going to have those along, but without the stomach issues, you know? So it's like you're trying to just manage or eliminate one of the variables instead of having them all um, compounded on you. So, uh, yeah, I, I think people need to, like, give it a try. So if they like go without these foods for like a week, um, I think that's a good indication of like, hey, this is how you feel. Like, don't you feel like just for the average person, their stomach will feel flatter, less water retention. They're gonna, but the problem with only doing it for a week, in my opinion, is that they're gonna get the withdrawal. I've been through them. I'm sure that you have, and that's legit real. So if for someone to actually get the benefits of it and to get out of those withdrawals, I'm a big believer and sucking it up for a month like do it 30 days and see how you feel at the end of that because it's got to take you you know everyone's different as far as like how much you know i would say i don't even know like what it like what what is it called like catechol means i don't know i don't know what response it has but you get this like need for dopamine and so it's just like when you get over that probably a week two weeks for some people, then you start feeling the benefits. You feel so much better. For sure. So when I traveled back to Michigan, I, like my calories are pretty high, to, which well, the phase I'm in right now. So I got back and I had pretty lean meals on the way there because I'm like, I don't know what they're going to have for dinner. I'll allow for a little more calories. So I got back there and they had like uh, fresh chili, like homemade chili, but they had no car, like extra carbs to go with it and everyone was eating those stupid Frito chips. Like whatever, I need the calories. Like I need a lot of calories. I was probably still 2000 behind what I've been averaging. Yeah. So I had some of them and then legitimately within 15 minutes of the meal, I was getting phlegmy and all the crap because of the canola oil yeah. that I made. Like I can legitimately feel canola oil because I don't eat a lot, a lot of it. Yeah, I can tell. I get all phlegmy when I have too much canola oil. Yeah, and I bet when you were younger, man, you that was like the norm for you. You know, people are like, yeah. oh, like I have bad allergies or I have whatever. Um, well, I mean, take a step back, and look at your diet. Um, yeah, I mean, I used uh, to bet have bad allergies. Funny enough, me too, dude. Yeah, I mean, I was freaking terrible. Um, but uh, eczema is gone and all that stuff. I, I should probably test it out and just eat like crap um, for a week and see if my eczema flares back up. Um, I mean, I do take BPC-157 to help manage some of that, but um, yeah, I don't know what food would do to me as far as like flaring it back up or not. Don't know. I don't think you should test it. I don't think you need to. I'm pretty okay. set. You know it would not be as good if you start eating junk food. I should test it. I have my 10 year anniversary coming up and, and I should test it the entire time we're out there. <laughs> she, she would That's awesome. that. No, I don't think she can hear me. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, what was the other thing? <clears throat> oh yeah. The, um, in this, uh, discord group I'm in, you know, they brought up a subject about um, about going to college 
and um, kind of hearing. I don't know how you fall, but fitness I have industry. a strong opinion. Uh, I have a very strong opinion now after having gone through education in the university system. Um, because someone, okay, so this is how it started off was, I know that's something different. Where's the other one? Uh, and you know me, I'm a huge component of learning. So before I'd say anything, like you see how much I like to learn and like I pretty much only do things that help me become smarter or get more information. Yeah. With that being said, how like the university is set up currently, dude, I think it is a night it's a joke. Like you literally spend hundred almost what, forty to a hundred thousand dollars? for the first level of college that gets you no added opportunities. There is negative ROI on a standard four-year degree. If you don't yeah. specialize and go like the medical route or like a lawyer route, there is no ROI on those first four years of college at all. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that my dad told me. He was like, if you're, he's like, when you go to college, pick the hardest subject that no one else will do. And do that because that's where you make the money. If you go to something, if you go into something where everybody gets that degree, it's like you're you're going to waste your money. And so, you know, I went to Florida, and so living in Florida, it wasn't as expensive, but um, the you would expect the education to be pretty good uh, because there's a lot of money into the school. But the problem is, like you're like you're saying, man, the system's broken, and it's all just a money. Almost like a money laundering thing going on. So when I was on the flight to Michigan, I was sitting next to someone that has taught at University of Miami for like over a decade, and then got she transitioned and she would be the she would go to other colleges for like the basically the curriculum, like the credentials, or like kind of played a role in that. Like I'm not smart enough to understand how that role works. But she made it sound like she went to a lot of these colleges, helped set up the curriculum stuff. Uh, and she's like, I would never go to a big university again. She's like, if I went back to it, I would not pay for the major universities. Like you get virtually, you get a very close, uh, not like going through most of the same stuff. Maybe your professor is a little better professor, yeah. whatever. But like the if, if you are serious about learning that topic the actual curriculum itself very very similar and it costs you a third of the money she's like and for a four-year degree she's like it gets you absolutely not i would do a four-year degree at a small the cheapest college i could do at four-year degree and then if you wanted to do continued learning that's when you would pick like a a real program or school that like was good for that topic yeah yeah man i agree um, but like, you know, Brian Moscow is going back. He's the owner and formulator for Chemic. He's going back to get his PhD in chemistry. So he could like be a legit like researcher. I mean, he's already a, a chemist. <laughs> so, um, but uh, if you listen to me, uh, it's Gorilla Chemist and he owns Chemic, um, the supplement company. But um, yeah, he's that's too smart it, sometimes. It yeah, me. man. That dude, he, he talks okay. about some like compounds I've never even heard of. Like, I'm like, who? All right. 
It's another level, man. I start losing them when he gets into the 3D images of like like proteins and such, and we're like looking at bonds and stuff. I'm like, great, dude. How do you know that's a single bond? Um, But yeah, uh, so John Jewett, he went through kind of the chemical makeup of your basic fat, carbs, proteins, like how to decipher long chain fatty acids, short chain fatty. Not super in depth, but he like there's models in there. He breaks down. He's like, here's what a double bond looks like, which is like the two lines instead of just the one line. Yeah, so that's and, the uh, the two D, but Gorilla he can do it like in the three D, where it's just like this little glob. You're like, a freak, dude! How do you even know that? <laughs> like, how do you know that that's where the backbone is? Like, what do you? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, insane crazy. to me. But yeah, he covered very basic. Uh, yeah, count, like of carbs, like fats, and proteins. That's what you need, and then you go from there. Hey, what do I need to know about this? That's going to make me a better coach, make me a better person, make me better in my industry or whatever I'm trying to do. But pretty much the the, the majority of people on this Discord, you know, um, they're like honestly at college for this industry. So like this is the supplemental industry for those um, who want to get involved in it. Uh, so it's like learn to understand studies and, and network. And then if you go to, to college, you go for a marketing degree or a business degree because then you can use that for you know, creating, um, creating or understanding uh, supply chain. Um, and, and the problem, well, I even take that back, man. That's just kind of like saying, hey, I went to school for marketing and I'm interested in marketing, right? And it's pretty cheap um, if you go to those, but like they don't teach you anything because I got a, I got a marketing degree and, um, and from St. Pete College and like I didn't learn anything. Um, I actually um, drove my shoe company bankrupt <laughs> but still passed uh, <laughs> which they said oh you should have sold it and then you could have profited i'm like oh, that's a great idea i didn't know that but um but my presentation was like awesome so but um but yeah everyone in here man they're like, they're like yeah you know college um it's it's pretty much bs right now right it used to be well um well used but now it's not but a lot of these people in here you got a guy who is now the warehouse manager for raw and revive and he's just he pretty much tells like his his line of like what he did he worked for the vitamin shop in 2020 um and he said he he ended up up quitting started living in his car got a job opportunity to become a store manager at gnc he helped that store that was a very small store crappy store go go to the top 100 to 150 stores in the company and he reached but he reached out to mark lobliner doug miller all these people that own companies and he pretty much um, quit that job from GNC and moved down to Florida and took a 65% pay cut and showed up every day to, to, um, to the warehouse just as a regular wor- warehouse worker for Raw and Revive. And he eventually worked his way up um, and was promoted within three months because he worked his butt off. Um, so the hard work, man, and that's where your buddy James, he comes from Intel Nutrition. And you know he's like, you know, hard work pays off, right? So I, other people acknowledge that and see that and like i mean i've even promoted people to like store manager levels um because of how hard they work right so um everybody's in the same boat and i'm in the same boat too um i i think that um both like vocational schools awesome i think that in the supplement industry getting to know someone um but uh like networking is probably the most important thing but i think like i think it does require 
Um, going to school if you want to be an innovator or creator of supplements itself. And, and, it, and it does help you to read and understand studies because it teaches you how to read and understand and manipulate studies in a way to get a grant for your college, for your study, for your program. So that's fine and dandy. Um, but uh, unless you get a good internship, you know, like working with the football team, working with whatever physical, physical therapy, like you can't really implement the things into the industry. So I know Joe Bennett and I, we went through the same program. The hypertrophy coach and I went through the same program, same school. Um, and, and, it, and it definitely benefits him, but he's not in the supplement industry. He's in the bodybuilding industry, almost like a physical therapist in a way to some, to some degree. Cause that's what they, I don't think to. you'd ever claim that, but he, no, yeah, well, very well, that's, that's the route that they claim you. So like when, when you finish with the program, the APK program at UF, um, you have your strength and conditioning specialist. So you're a CSC through, um, NSCA. They say, hey, go to physical therapy, get your doctorate or whatever, or go to medical school. Those are, that's where they want you to go. So like that's, and it has it all set up. So like your internships are all set, that, set up that way. Um, <clears throat> so either one or the other. So I'm, I'm not sure the route that he went, but his exercises, in my opinion, look more like the physical therapy route, um, physical therapy, strength training route. Um, but um, but it, it's a the not a lot of people know how to read studies unfortunately and then they use these studies to make claims that they are trying to back up their opinion about but it's like that's not what the study says man and lay norton is a great example of that he, he i was i opinion. was i was about to say that he has that new reps like uh basically teaching people how to read and earn term. like actually what to look for and how to understand these studies not just based on what the summary of the thing says yeah abstracts don't do anything abstracts are meant to lure you in as a reader to buy the subscription like that's the whole purpose so like i mean subscriptions are expensive man i don't you know i don't blame it when people don't want to uh don't want to buy them i mean i get them because of my program so it's like i have however many subscriptions but all i do is just like put in my alumni whatever and then i just they resubscribe right so pretty cool that way but um I don't know if they'd be paying a couple hundred dollars every you month should, so or every be, year. Uh, if you pick one, whatever subscription that you seem to get the most value out of, because I didn't pull a trigger on the year of the Hypertrophy Coach app, which I've been on there before, amazing stuff. Like, yeah. Helped me a lot, especially when I signed up for it. But if you have one that um, you really like, you should send it over to me because I am looking – uh, for another thing to say, subscribe to, or I was going to get Brad Schoenfeld's uh, Hypertree 2.0 or whatever. Yeah. It's like $120 textbook or whatever it is. But yeah. Yeah. I can send you some um, for the journal. But um, yeah, I think uh, NSCA is probably the most comprehensive one that I have because uh, they throw in everybody. And, um, but I, I think I think I can log on to any of those journals through my NSCA membership. I don't know. Um, I have to look into that. But um, yeah, so I mean, that's the whole basis about like, because I had questions about that, um, about being in the, the industry and like, did, did my degree help me out in any way? And honestly, no. <laughs> I was about to say, so there's a lot of people like, um, no, there's a lot of like 
kind of negative talk about like the alternative learning space, like uh, guru, like YouTube gurus or whatever. But like Alex Moses, he's like, dude, I've bought a lot of these courses. He's like, some compounding like one tenth of the money that I've spent on all alternative learning stuff. Like he went to school for business, like was gonna go like that. He was in line for that. He's like, yeah, what? I've spent so far a fraction of the money on alternative learning. He's like, he's got insanely more value from uh, the continued learning stuff that even though it's, is there bad alternative learning stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. But like with John Jewett, like I feel like that's a very good comprehensive learning tool and it costs one fiftieth of the price it would take to go through and, I think get that same base level understanding through a university. Yeah. Especially coming from him. I mean, he's someone who's when he doesn't know something, he just doesn't know. And he says, I don't know. Same thing like Chris Tuttle. I think Chris Tuttle is amazing. I think he's awesome. Very, very smart. And, um, and he's, I'm pretty sure he's a clinical dietitian. So he's able so to diagnose. Jew- yeah. So like they're very smart and, and they know their lane. They stay in their lane. Right. Same thing with Lane Norton. Like he stays in his lane. Like he knows what he does well and he does it very, very well. <laughs> Reading and explaining studies. <laughs> that's pretty much what he does and attacks people. But um like, like the people you need to watch out for are the ones that like I know everything. Like those are the ones that are like really bad. And they usually copy programs from other people, like their writings or their their style of of social media. And then they claim to know the same stuff or, or more they memorize certain words um or they just they're so ignorant right like like we talked about this before like i don't believe there's absolutes in anything and i believe in like if you're diagnosed with something i mean get freaking re-diagnosed with that same thing you know 10 years later like like i, I want to go back and get re-diagnosed to see if i still have like atopic dermatitis like like do i really have that or do i have something else like because now they know more about the gut maybe i have something with my gut that and made it look like atopic dermatitis back in the early 90s late 80s right so <clears throat> i'm always i'm always thinking like, old, hey, like bro yeah my 30 <sighs> but um yeah it's like i'm always thinking about that but um but the other the other thing that was brought up um was our supplements really worth the money like when it comes down to the minutia of let's say protein powder whey protein powder so whey protein isolate Versus a whey protein isolate or whey protein blend with velocitol mixed in it. Should I spend the money on the supplement that has the velocitol, which increases protein synthesis, increases protein absorption, so you can get away technically with less protein. So instead of getting 25 grams of protein from whey protein isolate, you can get, let's say, 18 grams of protein from a protein blend with velocitol in there, and it will equal, equal about the same. However, Velocitol is a pretty expensive ingredient there. You might be paying more or whatever other inclusions they might have. Um, that was something that was brought up. Like these small things, these muscle builders, these natural enhancement muscle builders, these fat burners, these things like that. Like, are they worth it? Um, my opinion? Uh, no. <laughs> I think uh, if your diet and training are not solid foundation, are not, you know, I think like we talked before, man, it's a freaking house. 
it's the walls, it's the foundation, it's the roof. If the diet and training and your sleep are not good, they're not, and, and they haven't been established for some time, like not a year, because a lot of these people are like, oh, I've been working out for six months. I want to start using this. I'm talking like years, right? Do that for years. And then those supplement these supplements, when we start talking about like not not like multivitamins, not fish oil, I'm not talking about or just regular whey protein isolate. I'm not talking about like just like the everyday healthy like vitamin D, things like that. I'm talking about like the specialty stuff that that we seem to innovate. Uh like like El Beba, supposed to increase thermogenesis and fat burning because it, it mimics exercise in the body. So those are like the fixtures and features on the house that it turns that $200,000 house into a million dollar house. Like you can't do that unless you have solid foundation walls and a roof. So um, I find it very, the, this discord group is it's very cool um, to have like a social media or like a kind of like a social family um, that is around the world. Um, but uh it's very annoying when you can kind of see some of the ignorance of these people that I, I don't think they've been training that long um, or, or they're young or they're naturally strong. Right. So maybe they deadlift 500 pounds. They're like, Oh, I've been lifting for a year. Well, like how is your joints, tendons and ligaments going to hold up after a while? If you have a poor diet, lack sleep and stuff. So, I mean, I would say save your money. I would spend my money on educational things like what you're doing, like with John Jewett's program, other things to help you that way. Um, recovery tool, I think those are kind of cool, especially you're going to need it as you get older. Um, massage therapy, I think those things are like way better than buying a natural test booster for 60 bucks. Jewett right? has a whole module on recovery and recovery tools and stuff. But yeah. he's like, obviously sleep's number one, but uh, things after sleep and specifically in the realm of hypertrophy so like he's not the yeah. biggest fan of like a lot of cold exposure if your number one goal is hypertrophy if you yeah. get an acute injury he's like if you ice it within 15 minutes he's like i'm cool with that like it has some application but after that he's like i wouldn't even bother with that if you don't get it right away yeah because there's a there's like a bullet of prostaglandins that are being released and it's like tries to, you know, inflame the area. Inflammation helps to helps to heal the body, but when it goes beyond that certain point, yeah, yeah, I'm very, I'm very unsure about cold exposure. I think it's another liver king. <laughs> so I'm like, it's good, but then they're like, don't do it too close before working out. Don't do it too close after working out. It's like, okay, like when do you when do you want me to do it? Like, you know, I. You can only do it in the middle of the night as you're sleeping. You have to be unconscious or it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. I take cold showers every now and then. Um, I don't notice a difference. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I save money on my electric bill. <laughs> yeah. It's a good reason. Uh, he does talk about like heat exposure too. He's like, this might have a little more application, increasing blood flow and circulation and those type of things he's like that might have a little more um, place in hypertrophy but how does he feel about saunas post-workout like you meet you know how those people they go from like working out hypertrophy style and then they go straight into the sauna is that causing more damage does he say uh i don't think he covered that but i used to do it for a while 
the only reason I don't do I just like how it felt and like mm-hmm. the heat shock proteins increasing certain hormone like you can make right. an argument for it uh but like he said he's like no like acute short-term changes of the hormones yeah. is going to affect hypertrophy like if you elevate yeah. growth hormone for 15 minutes because of your sauna like it is not <laughs> going to do anything that's uh, like the the fasting people like my growth hormones elevated I'm like bro that that's a, that's a spike <laughs> it goes back down yeah but uh i i personally like sauna i personally like how i feel like sweating out a certain amount uh yeah the only reason i don't do it as much post-workout is because i don't like bringing my towel and then getting my towel soaked and putting it back in my gym bag and uh, that type of stuff wait why do you bring a towel to shower at the gym like normally uh, i don't go straight okay. home from the gym no well, why do you bring a towel in the, in the sauna you go naked no i <laughs> if, no if i go to the sauna i want to shower so i don't oh, okay. sauna yeah, okay. because i don't want to bring the towel to shower gotcha okay I just go in there for like literally 30 seconds and I just like put my arms up and then like just kind of move like maybe maybe a minute like and I'm I used to when it's cold or like if I'm really like not into it I'll step in the sauna for like one to three minutes and doing some basic like movement stuff trying to get my body loosened up I do think the heat helps me didn't fill apart no good I do like it as like a quicker way to warm myself up. If yeah. I don't like how I'm feeling, I'll go in there and the same things I would do normally like by a mat or on a yoga mat, I would just do similar stuff in there and get my body moving around a little bit. And I like it. Yeah. yeah I've heard someone's, I forgot what I, what I was reading. They're like, does the heat shock proteins immediately post-workout have a negative effect on the recovery or like your cortisol spike and then the does it cause more damage than what is needed on top of the damage I've made but they never they asked the question but like I was like trying to see like hey did you like like are we saying 10 minutes 30 minutes like an hour like I don't know like how hot like you know saunas are different ranges and it, yeah was it a the steam big, sauna dry so, sauna red sauna um, so Rhonda Patrick she's talked about sauna use a lot and the biggest yeah. study that she always refers to in sauna use was done uh, 170 degrees for about 20 minutes in a dry sauna, but not infrared or not that. But the biggest study that included the most people, that is kind of the protocol they used. And obviously, yeah. she's like, that's not going to be perfect for everyone. You, when you start, you're probably not going to be able to hit 20 minutes at that temp, but it's uh, something to work to. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the, if I do say, like put a just rough estimate where to start, just like you make a rough estimate of maintenance calories, that's kind of where I throw it. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah, it burns more calories though. So maybe I can. Um, if it makes you happy, I will, I'll put that in my notes because I want to, I have a couple things that I want to bring up when we actually do the Zoom class with them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm very I'm, interested in that. A couple like, questions. Yeah, yeah, because I, I wonder, because I, I like his opinion and I think it's very uh, well thought out. And um, yeah, I wonder about that. But if, even if it does damage it, I doubt it's even going to do enough damage to even see an effect. Plus, we're talking about usually enhanced athletes. 
So it's like that's like whenever people say, "Oh, no, Novadex decreases growth hormone like IGF one." You're like, but you're taking all this other stuff that your IGF one's like off the charts. Like Novadex isn't going to do anything to you, bro. Like, like it's uh sometimes people forget that these the majority of these people are enhanced in some way. So Dude, I was on TRT on a relatively uh, high end of TRT for yeah. whatever bunch of months and running heavy AIs that affected my chef levels. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I feel so much better now being back on like my legit PRT, my 125 a week um, because I for sure know that when I stopped that and I was trying that natural, the natabolic, training the same, eating the same, that for sure made me go into Raptor. I'm like, for sure, my hormones just tank. Like, I, I know it. I, and uh, I, I wish I would have got my blood work done, but. Uh, it's crazy. Great. So I've eliminated all my antiestrogens just based on the ratio of testosterone to masterone I'm using right now. And I've had. I like that. No, zero flare-ups. Zero, like, zero since it's still there because I haven't paid to get it removed. But uh, mm -hmm. no, doesn't bother me, doesn't get flare up. I don't even feel it. And I'm on, yeah. obviously, significantly higher doses than I was between cycles when I was on TRT yeah. for whatever it was, nine months straight. I was off yeah. for a while. But, hmm. yeah, no issues. Just because of that ratio. Uh, he's a uh, John Jewett in the university and a couple, the other person that he does a lot of content with. They they really hate on equipoise, boldenone. So we're going yeah. over the. I, I've always liked it, but I'm I'm trying to take it seriously because I respect him. Um, yeah. And mainly they're talking about like the kidney associations with it. So that's when it came up is in the kidney health module, and yeah. it's like that's this is the context of why we kind of have our opinion on this. It's kind of how he was going through it. Yeah, I mean, I would ask a question about that too to kind of elaborate on why about the kidneys because Evan Sintapani loves EQ and he's very I, healthy. I so so I wonder, so I wonder, like, are these people like how like what's their the people who like the reason why they don't like EQ, right? The kidneys, but like, what's their blood pressure like? Are they taking any supplements to help with um, kidney renal function? Like, um. But then also, are they taking other things? Like, I mean, because usually you're you're doing EQ and you're throwing in Anadrol, something else. I mean, um, so, real yeah. quick, he did. So he's he kind of addressed some of that. Like, obviously, he's like yeah. blood pressure, hypertension is one of the biggest risk factors for kidneys. Like, yeah. obviously, but then he drew the association with uh, boldenone and how it, what pathways it can elevate uh, blood pressure through, like water retention and. I don't yeah, know, adjustments. Yeah, and that blood viscosity. I'd say like that's yeah. the only thing that I worry about is how thick my blood would get because you're already taking exogenous testosterone. You're probably at a high dose too. And the EQ, you got to run like 600 minimum. <laughs> like, like the big See, guys, I, right? So it's like. I, I just, I was using less than 600. I just, in the last two weeks, uh, finally bumped it to that 600 mark. Yeah. And this is where I'll stay until I'm done with this cycle. But uh, he also made the point that boldenone was only really ever studied in animals. And it, because of the issues they found there, 
it was never elevated to human trials. And that's why that's another thing that he points to. He's like, they seen something that made him nervous. And, And you know, it's funny. Bill Campbell just posted something. He's like, you know, animal studies are not like worthless. So they, they do add some worth, but yeah, I mean, they're trials and horses, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not a horse. So, but we share some similarities like skin, hair, mane, peanut butter gets stuck to the top of our mouth. Um, so, no, not that one. Uh, <laughs> well, you don't use peanut butter? Um, I'm, no, I made the <laughs> gesture. <laughs> what we share with horses yeah um yeah and then we don't share some things like i'm three inches and they're like five feet so um on that note i am taking clomid i just started uh and hope i felt for it to pick huh uh when i'm so early in the cycle right before i started bumping up total doses because yeah. i started at a pretty low and kind of tapered up this time just because I wanted to make sure I didn't cause any more issues with my gyno. Uh, yeah. I ran 30 days of Clomid, got my libido back, like gyno yeah. was managed. Like it was surprising how much I noticed it. I've never taken it or haven't taken it in a long, long time. I just get very sensitive on it. So I, I cry a lot. Um, I'll watch like Pixar either. movies. Dude, I'll watch Pixar movies and I'm like, uh, I'll listen to songs. I'll start crying. I'm like, I can't listen to Evanescence anymore whenever I'm on it. But I literally just started today and hope that it kicks in on the 15th. So. There you go. Anyways. But, I gotta leave. <laughs> uh, uh, perfect. So we'll, we'll end on that. But uh, alright, man. Um, good chatting with you. I'll see if you ever swing by the store. Uh, oh, yeah. I drive by, I see your vehicle. I'm like, not today. Yeah. No. <laughs> You'll see me soon, for sure. All right, All right man. Later. See ya.